Hi guys, welcome and welcome back to the podcast. I've been meaning to watch that. I am your host, Monica, and we are joined by our amazing co-host, Glenn. Say hi, Glenn. Hi guys, how are y'all doing? Today we're going to talk about Insecure, which is a phenomenal show created and written by Issa Rae. It ended recently, so we're going to go through like season one, season five, talking about the show, everything we loved, everything we didn't love, um, you know, the characters, all that. But before we get into that, we are going to talk about Can't Wait to Watch, which is a segment on the show where we talk about things that we cannot wait to watch that are coming out soon. And one thing that I cannot wait to watch is, uh, um, I'm sure it's probably on your list already, uh, Jordan Peele's new movie, Nope. Oh, mm-hmm. The trailer, yeah, it just I was mm-hmm. so excited. I was so ready. I was so happy because Kiki Palmer's in this movie. And like, I have been waiting. I have been waiting for someone to recognize the brilliance, the hilarity, the talent, the beauty, the stardom that is Kiki Palmer. I'm just I saying, love what, her. What is Jordan Peele? <sighs> I mean, this in the, the best way possible, but what is Jordan Peele going to do to buy Kiki Palmer? Honestly. What is he going? Honestly. I am so I- scared. I'm excited. I'm excited for whatever is going to happen. Oh, yeah. I'm glad that Daniel Kaluuya is back in, you know, Jordan Peele's capable, capable hands. I love Steen Yun. I think he is amazing and phenomenal. This cast is going to kill it. I love that it's set on like a farm. Mm-hmm. I like the feel. I like it's so down to earth and like bare bones. And I know it's going to be so good. I'm extremely excited and I'm so ready for Kiki because I've always been a fan of Kiki for so long like ever since True Jackson like Mm -hmm. I I watched her late night show when she had one and I actually started watching Good Morning America because she was on it too yeah yeah and I'm so happy she like she got into Hustlers I'm so happy she's in the show Jordan movie with Jordan Peele and I truly hope that she is just booked and busy and no more like d-list subplot horrible uh movies for her i want only the best for kiki palmer i want her career to just be just chef's kiss all around i want i want like i want i want i want directors to be falling over each other i want the marvel treatment for kiki palmer yes i want whatever happened what whatever uh robert downey jr got i want that to happen to kiki you know, she didn't have the life he had before, but I want her to get that, like, you know, I want her to be the next, I want Kiki Palmer to be the next Black actress that is on director shortlist. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. they got Zendaya, they have Amanda, they have Yara, and, you know, I want Kiki on that list. I want Kiki to be added to the list. Easy. You know what I mean? Easy. After this movie, I guarantee you, she's going to be at least 17 movies a year. Yes. Like, booked and busy. Stressed. I- I know that the press tour for this movie is but it's gonna be hilarious. I know she's gonna kill it. I'm so excited for her. My baby. Yes. Glenn, is there anything that you can't wait to watch coming up? Um, well, besides that, that I was going to bring up, obviously there's um the new Batman movie. I think it's uh-huh. just called Batman. Um comes out March 4th. Yeah. Mm-hmm, okay. mm-hmm. Excuse me. I'm excited for that. I'm excited for Zoe Kravitz, you <sighs> know, her moment. It reminds me of High Fidelity and how sad I was when it ended. Because mm-hmm. that was like a really good show on Hulu. Like that show was actually like really well done, well written. It was interesting. And it was a really great follow-up to the movie. 
but it really does suck that it was canceled by Hulu. I don't understand the decision to cancel it really because it was such it was such a phenomenal show. You know, it was unlike any other show that was really on streaming services. So for them to cancel it does suck. And I know Zoe was like very upset about it, but I'm glad that she is in this Batman film. And I'm happy, I'm excited to see her as Selena Kyle. I'm excited to see it. See, I I am so excited. I am so excited. Um, the only problem, the only problem is that like I a lot of times when I've looked at like I'm looking at Rotten Tomatoes right now and they gave like a brief like description of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um and they listen to this sentence. Okay. Um blah blah blah. Uh, an even darker take on Batman than we've already seen, with an impressive cast that includes Robert Pattinson as Bruce Wayne, Colleen Farrell as the Penguin, Paul Dano as uh, the Riddler, and Jeffrey Wright as Commissioner Gordon. End of sentence. End of paragraph. End of description. Mm-hmm. Sorry, where is Zoe Kravitz? Sorry, you're mentioning star-studded impressive cast, and yet you missed arguably the most impressive one on the list. They're going to do her like they did Zendaya and do aren't they? Absolutely. <laughs> I know they're going like, to. I know that they're going her in to. There. Yeah, because she isn't even in the trailer that much either. No, no. They did because they know that we would watch it. Mm-hmm. Let's be one hundred percent real. They're catching on. They're smart. Yeah. As long as Zoe Kravitz is getting paid big checks, yeah. I'm okay with it. But they're getting smart. They know who they have to put in the movie to get us to watch it. They're going like, all right, get sexy. Black woman, you know, diversity. As long as, as, long as the girls are getting paid, as long as the girls are getting paid, as short a time as we need to to fulfill their contracts, put them in the trailer. Da 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 da. We're bringing the people. Blah blah blah. It's done. That's it. Like that's they, what they're doing. And they think that they just won, but then everyone sees how good they are, how good Kiki Palmer is, how good. Well, like obviously she's not part of this because like Jordan Peele, amazing. But like how good Kiki Palmer is how good Zoe Kravitz is, how good all the girls are. And then they're like, wait a second. All the other directors would be like, wait, write her down. Write that name down. Write that name down. Mm-hmm. Keep that name. They're like, she got some. All right. They're like, okay. We was going to give it to another white girl, but you know what? Maybe we should yeah, switch no, up a little no, bit. No. Yeah. Give it to somebody else, you know? Very yeah. Good. I'm very excited for Batman as well. I, I, I'm not going to lie. I'm over the Batman retellings. I am, I think... Uh, four <laughs> movies and like all 15 <laughs> I think we should just I think we need to you know find somebody else you know please literally any other there's so many DC comic characters like y'all gotta let this man leave y'all let this man live y'all gotta let him go because if I don't get a sequel out of this movie at least then I'm just gonna be annoyed to if I get a sequel with Zoe Kravitz having more lines than any other mm-hmm. character except mm-hmm. for Robert Pattinson they don't want it. They yeah. don't want this movie either. Yeah. So thank you so much. But you know, we there are so many other DC heroes and villains that deserve their own movie. Exactly. And like Batman. Bat, like the story of Batman is just we gotta put it to rest. That's it. Well, if you're going to do something Batman related, it's for the love story between Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. They already yeah. did the cartoon, and it worked amazingly. And that show got rave reviews and ratings. Everyone absolutely loved it. Mm-hmm. So clearly, the telling of Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy being in love is not only doable but fan lovable mm-hmm. and successful. So how about we see it live action? I, you know, maybe I'm just a little bit of a fanboy, but like 
I would watch that movie. I don't care how bad that movie was. I would support it until I die. If it's the girls and they're getting paid. That's all we're asking for. Thank you so much. Thank you. Um, Speaking I of the think... girls and getting paid. Mm-hmm. Oh no, this is this is a segue into Insecure. Okay, go ahead. I'm so, I'm sorry. I'm just so excited that we're talking about this. I, I mean, I mean. I... Oh, sorry, go ahead. Sorry, you sorry my mic did a weird thing, but you can go ahead. Okay. Um, first, let's just start, let's just start with what's important right off the bat. Spoilers, what do you think of the end? So, I, oh my gosh, it was so annoying that, like, we went back to Issa and Lawrence. You know what I mean? I, like, I get it. Y'all like Jay Ellis. I like him, too. He's a great actor. He's a good actor. And, like, you know, Issa and Jay have really good chemistry together. Mm-hmm. They are, like, great in any scene that mm-hmm. they are in. Absolutely. But I did not want her to get back together with him. I didn't want her to end up in a relationship in the end. I, I want her to be alone at the end. I was kind of hoping for that, too. I felt like... yeah. I felt like with the relationships that she was in, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth mm-hmm. and back and forth, it really felt like the series is trying to tell us some people just don't belong in relationships. Yeah. Like some people, like either right now or maybe like, you know, long-term, are just better by themselves. And that's what she okay. could have been with Nathan. True. Because I like Nathan. True. I love Kendrick Sampson. He is such a good actor. Like it's very, Kendrick Sampson is such a great actor because I've seen him in other things other than like Insecure mm-hmm. and his care it's really hard for me to watch certain actors try to play everyday people and just get everything right like Kendrick can get the mannerisms mm-hmm. he can get the slang he gets the lingo he gets like the walk the talk he has like the kind of country accent down that's not too country but just country enough so you know he's from Houston like he has everything down to the T and he really does embody Nathan the character very well and I love Nathan as a character I felt like he was relatable and I think that Issa dating Nathan was kind of like a reflection of like who Lawrence was in season one and how he was dealing with like his mental issues and like his depression but we really didn't have a word for it you know mm-hmm. like he looked kind of bummy but he wasn't bummy it was just something else and with Nathan he was still dealing with that but he was moving forward and moving through it and getting better so it was kind of like a reflection of where Issa has come where like she was dating a guy who had those problems but he got better and he got through it and now she's with a guy who has those problems and still working with it every single day but he's just striving to be better and he's good for her and she's good for him and they just work well together and like I liked Liv Bay. He was funny. You know, like they jumped in a pool together at like their first, their second time meeting. Like that was, that was, huh. That was very teen romance. That was very like high school crush vibes. Also, Insecure is very good at creating romantic moments that feel genuine. Like this could actually happen, you know? Yeah, like a lot of romantic TV shows, they're like, oh, I did something for you. And they have vases of flowers along the wall. They have like this arch of balloons. And I'm like, y'all just ordered that and put it in the show. I'm not going to believe someone actually did that. Like it's Issa walking around with a Nathan, showing him LA, the city that she loves, showing him like houses, a house she used to live in when she was younger, and then going back to get tacos and then hanging out her place. That's something you would do. That's something that I want. Somebody. In yeah. fact, if anyone wants to do that with me, um, if you have all listeners, yeah. go get tacos with me. Great <laughs> Just to like my walk heart. around your city and like show people your favorite spots. That's very intimate and that's romantic and that's like 
very genuine and like mm-hmm. Issa has, has does a great job of just writing this show in a way that feels like you're watching someone's just life like you're just you're not watching a show like you're watching someone live their everyday life and it feels very exactly. down to earth and it may like I get it like you know going back to your ex something that people do like oh they spent time apart but now we're better for each other and now we can like be together now like that's cute and all but like do we have to do this do we have to like ah you know like the show is about black women living their lives and dealing with all the problems that come with it mm-hmm. and relationships and love is one of those things but yeah. i feel like insecure made love and relationships and sex the foundation of their show and i wish they moved past it at some point you know like there are parts of it for Issa that she did where she focused on her career but like just because your career is one and done doesn't mean we have to immediately jump back with our ex who has a baby who has a baby <laughs> like Oh my god. I'll never forget the end of season four when we found that out. I was so sick. It's like, oh, now y'all making me like Lawrence again. And now he I don't like him no more because he got a kid. Mm-hmm. Y'all doing too much. Like I was so upset. You're really making this complicated. You're making mm-hmm. it hard for me as a viewer. hmm Yeah. I kind of do wanna go through season by season. Okay. And just try to like go from there. Also, season one, we watching the show. Oh my God, memories. Cause I remember I was a huge fan of Awkward Black Girl. Like mm-hmm. I loved that web series. It was recommended to me by a friend of mine and I started watching it and I loved it because it was a web series, but it felt like a real TV show. And it was so well written and it was funny. And even though like I was in school when I was watching the show, so I wasn't like working a job, I still related to a lot of the problems that Issa had with like working with mainly like white coworkers and like just trying to like find a place for herself. And I noticed some of the people who were in Awkward Black Girl were also in the show Insecure, mm-hmm. which is very sweet. I was like, oh, look at her doing it for the, doing it for her friends. That's nice. And I also noticed that a lot of people that are like YouTubers, like Dormtainment, they were in episode one. I see someone of Insecure. Yeah, they were. Oh, like, yeah. some of the guys, they were in the background <laughs> of the episode. Like, they were there. And they were also friends with um, the light-skinned guy. Oh, okay. okay. Lawrence is, what's his name? Chad? His yeah. name's Chad, right? Yeah. Yeah. They were in there. And also, um, to hear more, he's he works for Deaf Media, Deaf Digital, all deaf. They have, like, the Squadcast podcast. He is, like, a recurring character in the show as well so i thought that was really cool that like Issa's making this show for a city that she loves and she's also showing a side of la that's not seen a lot because la a lot of people think of like rich white people and avocado toast and like stupid niche jobs and niche food spots and just like influencer culture and celebrities but Issa's showing a side of la that is for the culture, for Black people, full of Black people, and it's thriving, and it's buzzing, and it's beautiful, and it's, like, homegrown, and it feels like a love letter to her city, and I like that she kept, she casted also YouTubers and people who are probably her friends and people she knows really well in the show, because people who watch Insecure will most likely, have most likely watched Death Dormtainment, mm-hmm. and also listened to the Squadcast, so it's just, like, that kind of, like, circle of love that I really enjoyed. And yeah, season one, season one was so good. I <laughs> Season was, one was absolutely kill. I don't know. Yeah. Like there are very few shows that have like perfect seasons. 
but like season one gave us everything like yeah it was it was aggressive it was well well written you got established you you already you already, i feel like from the end of episode one you already knew like everything that you need to know about everyone you mm-hmm. know like you got your motivations um it makes it i want to say predictable because that makes the series sound bad but like mm-hmm. They feel like such real people that you like, you know, you could like guess what's going to happen because it's what a real person would do. Yeah. And also season one, they weren't afraid to take risks, you know, like Issa, when Issa was talking to Lawrence that one night before she was going to go out with Molly Mm -hmm. and he was just sitting there eating his cereal and like Issa was like, Lawrence was like, oh, what's Molly upset about now? And Issa was like, oh, she's just having a hard time dating. And Lawrence is like, well, maybe she'll sort of lower her stance a little bit and not take it too seriously. And then Issa was like, maybe she should lower her stance like I did. And I was like, oh, we can do it now. And it's like, like they don't they don't hold oh. back. Issa was like, no, we hit we get the heavy hitters. Like, we're not playing games. There are no filler episodes. There's no like tiptoeing step around the bush. Like, we are hitting the marks. We're doing it. That's it. You know? And they went hard. And they went yeah. hard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do like that. It's always so refreshing when the show is like willing to do that, you know, like they're not afraid. And I also love Issa's like little monologue she does in the mirror. So oh. She's trying to hype herself up, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. especially the one where she's using the lipstick. She was like <laughs> trying to be sexy. And then she's using the black lipstick and she's like, you want some of this pussy? Like, do you want some of this pussy parmesan mm. you want a naughty or not nah? i was like girl you do it too much he can't hear you he's the living room I'm like you live in a small apartment like what but i hope he this... did here i hope he did yeah <laughs> she's trying to hype herself up to cheat on her man oh girl yeah it was gosh also when they ran into each other at rite aid and they started fighting in the right aid. That was so mm-hmm. funny to me. <laughs> that was so funny to me. I love that. I love just like seeing, like <laughs> just watching the season and just like seeing all these things happen and them having a lot of fun. And then like also the season really didn't hold back because Isa oh. really did just like sleep with a man in his studio. And then he showed up at her fundraiser. Like this man showed up like what are you doing why are you breaking your mess to your like oh my gosh and i was really worried i was really worried they're gonna like daniel and jay were gonna daniel and Lou and lawrence are gonna talk so it's like that tension you feel of the show it's like mm-hmm. this is good yeah ain't nothing boring about this we could we keep it going like the pacing everything and there's a lot of story that happens in the in the episodes for only 30 minutes which i understand why people want it to be like longer yeah. but it it's Issa knows what she's doing. You know, she knows how to write good TV. She knows you know? how she knows how to give you just not. <laughs> yeah. And um, this is gonna be something I'm gonna repeat a lot throughout this podcast. But um season one through four, I didn't like Molly. You texted me that. You texted me that a couple of days ago. You're like, <laughs> I didn't like Molly. You're like, I want to be and who is this fucking bitch Molly? And what does she think that she's doing? <laughs> no, I didn't say that, but like Oh my gosh, Molly was so annoying. Like every single time. That's another thing. Rewatching shows really give you perspective on like the things that are right in front of your eyes that you didn't see exactly. when you're just watching a season to season. Because exactly. rewatching Insecure after, because I've already seen Insecure from mm-hmm. season four. I didn't watch season five. I started again for the beginning. 
so I get through one through five just to give myself a refresher. Mm-hmm. And from season one, episode one, I'm already seeing, oh, this is why Molly and Issa have problems. Mm-hmm. It's so, so, isn't it so weird how that mm-hmm. happens? Mm-hmm. Like, we <laughs> talked about this, um, like, off podcast last week about, um, like, I experienced the same thing because I'm rewatching BoJack Horseman right now. Mm-hmm. Like, the first time I watched BoJack Horseman, like, I kind of, like, felt sorry for BoJack. I got why people mm-hmm. liked him, like, blah, blah, blah. And then I'm rewatching it from the beginning now. And, like, from the, like, second episode, I was like, no way. Nope, I don't feel a single thing for him. Not, not a drop of sorrow. And that's continued. I'm, like, almost up to season five now. I'm still, like, fuck BoJack. Not a drop of sympathy for him ever. It's so weird how you, like, yeah. miss blatantly obvious signs when you're watching something for the first time. Yeah, when I first started watching Bojack Horseman, I never liked him in the first place. I knew the sh- I watched the show in a way that you watch a lot of shows where, like, yes, there's a main character, but that's not my main character. Oh, yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. I told you this. Princess yeah. Caroline was my yeah. main character. Diane, yeah. my main Diane character. Diane is my main character. Because I love Allison Brie, even though I don't feel like she should voice Diane. I recognize that voice immediately. I was like, that's my girl. So I'm focusing mm-hmm. on her, not this weird horseman who can't get it together. I don't care about him. I don't know what he's up to. And no, I don't know what his deal is, but I don't care. Nah. You know? But Diane? But, <clears throat> no, that, we see each other. Yeah, we see. We see. Yeah. So Molly's character, like, I'm going to say right now, I love that Insecure gave Issa a friend because she didn't have that in Alfred Black Girl. It was just her and her white boyfriend, mm-hmm. which, like, I wasn't against it because Alfred Black Girl is still good to me. I still think it was a great show and everything. Mm-hmm. But, like, I love that Insecure had that friendship right okay. there at the center of the show because there were times where Issa needed a friend and needed to talk to somebody and there were times where Molly was a good friend to mm-hmm. talk to Issa and like you know open up and like them trying to hold each other accountable and female friendship is so important because a lot of times the tv shows when you have female friendship it gets like it gets um competitive what, yeah mm-hmm. it gets competitive or gets weathered away by a man or something else happens <clears throat> or like you know I feel like the show did a good job of showing adult friendships and what it's like to be friends with people for a long time and like to depend on someone else. And Mm -hmm. just like that kind of, that different kind of love story they have, like that platonic love story. Cause they really were there for each other throughout the whole series. And Issa and uh, Yvonne have talked about how like, even their friendship grew outside of the show Mm -hmm. and how, even though the show took a break for a while, because they were focusing on other projects, they still checked in each other. And, you know, she was there at Issa's wedding when Issa got married, and we didn't know that she got married because mm-hmm. that girl keeps her life private. Like, Issa really just be, like, vibing. We really don't know what's going on with her. Like, we're like, girl, we're season five. She's like, I'm planning a wedding. What you talking about? What I'm show? actually married already. I'm Sorry. actually... Season I'm five actually, is going to happen. Bye, back. She already married. I'm actually about to produce a show with Laura Dern. So y'all gonna have to wait for that. Mm-hmm. Y'all gonna have to wait on Lord. Sorry. Condola, y'all have to wait on her. Sorry. I got things moving. I got some things moving. Got some parts coming in. I got so many okay. pieces. Just just wait. Like just the wait. puzzle is growing. So y'all gonna have to wait. But I like broken pussy. That was <laughs> that was so good. That was so good. I would have gone to that stage. I would snatch that mic out of her hand and I would push her off the stage. That's my friend. Because, like, what are you doing telling people my business? My business at an open mic? Rickety. <laughs> like, they selling $5 wings? Are you telling people about my love life? No. Mm-mm. I think not. Nice try, though. It was funny. Mm-hmm. 
yeah yeah i did like their friendship but i just didn't always like molly because molly was just so molly had a lot of problems first of all Mm -hmm. she was mean to rashida because rashida is loud and like i get it like in in like certain environments when you're a black person and you work professional environments you have to speak a certain way and talk a certain way Mm -hmm. but molly really did come in with like the the kind of like condescending nature yeah you know and i think molly did that because she got a little too comfortable being the only black woman there you know what i mean sure because there are those certain black people that they like being the only black person in the room you know what i mean like yeah yeah i don't think it was like molly's exactly like that person but she has like she gave me like that vibe but like of, like i feel like that was done on purpose you know like mm-hmm. Issa Rae is smart like she it was written that way on purpose mm-hmm. i also love that Issa has a mainly black writer writer's room and like black directors because there are certain topics and situations that can only be told from certain perspectives mm-hmm. and you know i don't need a white man in that writer's room trying to tell Issa what's good all right don't try it no 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 no. Francis will be right there telling you to shut up okay (laughs) Mr. Penny he don't play thank you Mm. yes but Molly was just doing the most you know like she was on a date with Jadena like Jadena I saw that man I love Jadena so much oh my gosh he is beautiful and he gosh like she just I understand dating is hard, especially in your professional life and everything. And it's hard being single, but she's going after a man, after man, after man, boy, after boy. And the problem was like, she just, she was doing a lot. You know what I mean? She was doing a lot, mm-hmm. you know? And anybody who's watched Insecure knows this. And I feel like people don't really talk about this a lot when we talk about Molly's character, but I think Molly is kind of also sculpted after like the good christian woman who like finds a job and needs the husband to complete her life which explains why she didn't give jared a chance like yeah it's mm-hmm, not that mm-hmm. big of a deal like if you start dating somebody like girl you live in la all right i live in atlanta all right let me tell you something if i meet a guy and he tells me that like he had a guy put a finger up his butt i'm gonna be like okay like i it's not it's not something t- that bothers me you know, like you, Molly felt comfortable telling him that she had kissed a girl before and then he told her the same thing in shared vulnerability but then you want to judge him. You showed up at his door drunk, out of your mind mm-hmm. tracks hanging out, disheveled no shoes on your feet and you want to judge him for his past when your present is messier than his past? Girl. Like, let's reevaluate ourselves here. Let's think about what we're doing. Let me move my bang. Hold on. <laughs> Let me <laughs> What are we doing here? You know, like she was just doing the most. You know what I mean? Like she really wanted to get into this very exclusive dating app, the league, and find the right guy for oh her. God. Oh, I hated that. And Molly really had no room to judge Issa, even though Issa was wrong for cheating on Lawrence. But like she didn't really have any room to judge her because molly couldn't stay with the man for more than a week now that is 100 true that is a very good point that you bring up right glenn what do you think of molly i want to like her so bad (laughs) (laughs) Uh is that so so you're right so here's the thing is she sometimes a bit annoying yes is she sometimes 
a bit much. Yes. Is she very judgy of things that she really doesn't have a lot of business to be judging about? Yes, and very quickly. Mm -hmm. But like, as you said earlier, like, one, it's so rare in a like one, just a series like this is rare, but two, in a series like this to get like a female best friend, there is like nothing really competitive. Like they're not buying after the same man. There's nothing mm -hmm. like that that really is going on. I want to love her just because it's an, it's, it's never been done before, you know? So I want to give her character the benefit of the doubt mm -hmm. because we need more characters like this, or at yeah. least like the, the idea of mm -hmm. more characters like this. Yeah. So I guess I don't like Molly the character very much, but I like what Molly represents and the like hopeful future that was going to come about because a character like Molly existed. I also love that like, even though Molly has flaws, the show takes the time to show us everything about Molly's life that gives us a bigger picture as to why she's like this. Mm -hmm. Like she has the perfect career. She has the life. She has like a dog she loves. So only thing left to complete the puzzle in her life is a relationship, but she can't seem to find one guy to stick with her. And she runs into somebody that she used to know that talks about like therapy. And it's like, it's a very short conversation. Like they literally run into each other on the street and they talk for like two minutes and you know, the girl is like talking to Molly and Molly's like, what are you even up to? What's going on with you? Like, what are you doing? Like, you look so great. You're glowing. She's like, oh yeah. You know, I decided to take some time for myself, some improvement. I'm in therapy now. And Molly like does like a very obvious double take to that, which like some people do. And that's why the show is also important because like black people don't go to therapy and we need to. Like generational trauma is a thing. Even yes. if you feel like your life is okay, there's stuff going on that affects you. So like, you need therapy and molly not like the conversation simple fine normal conversation mm -hmm. molly goes to talk to isa girl she was talking about how her life is all together and she's all like nice and centered and oh my gosh she feels so together like sounding very bitter over exaggerating things taking things out of context it's like and then isa very calmly says i mean maybe you do need to go therapy because you know if you jump it from you know dick to dick to dick why girl why can't you find one person why not one what what's wrong because jared she was wrong to not give jared a chance i'm saying this i'm she was wrong to not give jared a chance okay? you heard that here live on the podcast officially has been confirmed like jared she should have given jared a chance and she also should have given uh story k brown's character a chance as well like they were both good for her you know, Sonny K. Brown actually fit perfectly into the kind of guy she wanted in her life. Mm -hmm. She just didn't have any, there's just like, there's no passion. Girl, ugh, like, what, does it, does it matter? Like, girl, make it happen. That's Sterling K. Brown, okay? Stop playing with me, all right? <laughs> and that's just the thing. Issa was trying to be honest, and Issa didn't even make that big of a comment. She's like, well, maybe you should try it. And then Molly's like, oh, oh, oh. you telling me I need therapy? Oh, you telling me, like, girl, it's not that deep. Yeah, she's like, oh, why do I need to pay to talk to somebody? I could just talk to you. It's like, no, girl, you need to talk to a therapist because he's over here professional. dealing with professional. Yes, and when she did get therapy in season two, she wasn't taking it seriously because she wasn't telling this lady anything. She wasn't opening up. She wasn't being vulnerable. And when that therapist tried to talk to her about something, Molly wants to be like, mm, I need to find a new therapist. Molly went through two other therapists before landing on this therapist, who seemed very nice. And asking her the questions you need to ask because therapy is not you getting 
you paying for someone to talk to you and be your friend. Therapy is when you talk to somebody and they deconstruct what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. Why is it happening? And ask you hard questions about things going on in your life and what you need to examine and what you need to change. And Molly doesn't want to do that because she feels like she's perfect and she doesn't do anything wrong and everyone else is wrong. Like Jared is wrong for having that past. So the Brown is wrong for being boring. This guy's wrong. This guy was wrong. This guy was wrong. Jenna was wrong for saying that she was needy and needed a win, even though this girl was acting needy because mm-hmm. she was needy because she doesn't know how to play, hide her cards and put on a poker face for whatever reason. Like she got upset because her coworker got married. Like, girl, be happy for them. I know the engagement party theme was black and yellow, but oh my gosh, girl, let it go. Like, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That was very weird. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it being black that was not that's the kind of humor that she's like you would go to an engagement party titled that and then what would you say nothing like that's the kind of humor or something that would actually happen to someone in real life and like putting in a show is just like ooh, girl <laughs> yeah this is awkward <laughs> but mom was just you know girl mom complicated she is complicated. We like complicated characters. We like complex characters. True, true. I just wish she wasn't pissing me off for the most part. <laughs> if she could be complicated, but also have me like her, that'd be really mm-hmm. nice. <laughs> yeah. We should talk about uh, Lawrence and Daniel, because that will like get us from season one to season two. Okay. Okay. What did you think of Lawrence and Daniel? So, oh my god. I'm conflicted on Lawrence. Mm-hmm. I like Lawrence as a character. I don't like Lawrence with Issa. Uh, which is mm-hmm. probably explains why I don't like the ending. Yeah. I just feel like, I feel like from the beginning, the series was trying to set up that there are people that like Issa and Lawrence want to be with each other, but just clearly shouldn't. Like they kind of connect on some things. Mm-hmm. Um, and like clearly they have times where like they bring out some of the best in each other, but just like overall, they aren't good for each other. And I was okay with that. I was very okay with the... Um, with the direction it was going until it took a left turn at the end. Mm-hmm. And now they're married or, wait, are they officially married at the end? They're together. They're together. They're not married. Mm-hmm. No. So yeah, Daniel on the mm-hmm. other hand. Now, it might just be because the actor that plays Daniel, who, who plays Daniel? Um, it's uh, Yin Noel, um, sexy bitch. Maybe, yeah. maybe it's just because I think that he's a little bit more attractive, but they really could have worked it out. Daniel really was like, he was so good looking. Mm-hmm. Like he really had no business looking like that. Like a lot of times there are men you see, it's like, oh, he's only hot because he's a jaw. No, no. that mm-hmm. man. It's I wasn't crazy. even looking at the jaw. <laughs> it's like, wow, wow. And I have to say, I want to touch on this really quickly. Mm-hmm. When Lawrence found, when Lawrence like kind of had the suspicion that Issa was cheating, because like Issa had made the mistake with Daniel, and yeah. then immediately she's like, oh, "It wasn't I made a mistake. mistake. It I'm wasn't gonna, a mistake. No, I'm, I'm gonna, Daniel, I'm gonna try again with Lawrence. I'm gonna try again with Lawrence, and then she has a new fervor to make the relationship like work, work. And then like Lawrence and Issa literally sleep together, and then. Lawrence sees her phone and sees a text from Daniel on the phone and immediately like suspicion bells ring next day, the fundraiser, he's there. And of course he's looking like, and he, I don't think he overheard Daniel and Issa talking, but I think he saw it from like afar. And so he kind of knew there was something going on. 
So when he asked Issa about it, that scene, oh my gosh, I love like perfectly building tension and suspense just before the last moment. I love it. And that line, that line he said, but he was like, you want to ruin a relationship over a mistake? I was like, oh, that's so good. Mm -hmm. But that writing is so good, you know? And I feel for Lawrence because he was, him and Issa have been together for five years. And when you're together with someone for that long, people expect like marriage and stuff like that. And there's a lot of, that's a lot of time. It's a lot of commitment to put into somebody. That's a lot lot of embarrassment. Yeah. So, you know, there's a lot of love there, you know, and of course Lawrence feels betrayed by what Issa did. And Issa should have communicated better about what she wanted in a relationship instead of just like jumping to leave him. But it was very clear that like, you know, she was on her way out to do other stuff and Lawrence was just like kind of stuck and Daniel was the kind of guy who was making moves so you know it's kind of like I think the show I appreciate the show for many things but I also appreciate the show because the show writes black men as like characters as like complex beings that have layers and have a lot of things going on like Lawrence is a funny guy he is a good looking dude he's smart he just hasn't been given the opportunity that he needs to really fulfill his plan. And, you know, even when like Lawrence is handed like a pretty good job, but he feels like this job isn't good enough for him and what he wants to do. He's like, maybe I should wait before I take this job. And he's just straight up like, no, you should take this job. You were on the couch for mm-hmm. years. Like you need to go take this job. And it speaks to like that drive that you have to make something happen. And you want to make it happen on your own. But how do you do that, you know? And, like, Black men are more than just, like, football players and, like, athletes Mm -hmm. and, you know, like, gangbangers and baby daddies, you know? Does Lawrence end up being a baby daddy at the end? Yes, he does. But, like, that's... There's more to hit the dad. There's more to hit the dad. That's different. (laughs) And, like, I love Daniel because, like, he's seen as a music producer, but he's having trouble making music because, like, even though he worked with Ty Dolla Sign, the song he wrote with him didn't end up on the album. So it's nothing to show that he worked with Ty Dolla Sign and he taught someone else how to make music and that person's more successful than him. Mm-hmm. And he's dealing with this feeling of he's working, he's working, he's working, but he's not seeing the results from his work. And that's something that you can relate to and anyone can relate to in any gender, but it's especially related to as a man because you want to, you have pride. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of pride behind that, you know. Did you like Daniel, Glenn? Yes, I'm gonna say I liked him. Now I might that might be the rose colored glasses talking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did. Yeah, I'm not gonna apologize for that either. Daniel was a good guy. I think that Issa kind of just took advantage of him. Like you didn't need to move in with him. Yeah, you know, like she could have moved in with Molly. I don't know why she didn't move in with Molly though, or Amal, her brother. It was it was a it was a weird decision. Yeah. It was very clear that like why like why would you move with the guy that you cheated on your boyfriend with? Like and have this weird unspoken that energy. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Like Issa was making dumb decisions for the for the sake of making dumb decisions. You know, there's no logic behind this. And mm. I would have liked it better if she moved it with her brother, because then we would have seen her brother more in the season. Exactly. So many people liked Amal. Amal's funny. Mm-hmm. He's a great actor. Like the actor who plays Amal is great. And I think that like that's another thing that people want more in the show is representation. Because, yes, not every show needs to represent everybody. That's yes. not possible. 
but you already have like a gay character in your show so we could see them a bit more than a couple episodes like with kelly being the funny black friend funny fat friend like she could be a little bit more and they did flesh it out in like future seasons mm-hmm. but i would have liked to have seen her a little bit more and i mean also why was Issa's credit score 425 how do you have that bad of a credit score oh my gosh i think it was a joke of- it was just a joke i mean i, I know my credit score is bad but like uh, it's not it's not that bad yeah it's possible it's not for twenty. yeah but what do you need to do like on a serious like i'm not, I'm not finance bro obviously um but on a serious note what do you need to do to get your credit score to 425 like what is going on like open up three credit cards and not pay any of them for like three years like what's going on here and i don't even think that'd be enough like so yeah. it takes hard work and dedication to get your credit score that well yeah yeah it does and i also want to say um i love that insecure had the shows within the show i um, love those they were funny <laughs> they were so good mm-hmm. they were so good they're like yeah everybody does love my mic keeps doing this weird thing hold on sorry my mic keeps like i think my thing i think my hold on did it come back okay i think the cord okay. yeti microphone is broken or something okay you sound to... better now okay i'll just try not to touch it then but um yeah i love the little shows within a show i also love the uh the the cinematography of the show showing us like wood um, and like the paintings they do it's so beautiful it's so gorgeous like the Nipsey Hustle uh courtyard basketball court and then like the mur- the mural of like Kobe and his daughter that is so beautiful I love that stuff yes hmm. um what else okay we already went to season two um let's talk okay I didn't put this in my notes but we gotta talk about like Molly Molly just doesn't have good choices like dro with dro i did not like him no absolutely not no see and when when we get to like people like this Mm -hmm. then we can understand why why therapy might need to be an option Mm -hmm. because when this is someone that you chose even for like a limited amount of time it really says a lot about your character Mm -hmm. it says a lot about how you maybe not just your character but like how you value yourself as a person Mm-hmm. because molly kept talking about how she wanted a relationship like her parents and then she found out that her dad cheated and she and then she really like, jumped on that she was mm-hmm. like well i guess i need to find someone who'll cheat on me too yeah yeah because like she was really just like she was hard on her dad for it but like they're grown you know they went through that and they worked through it and they moved past it like they're still together like you getting upset of your dad over a mistake he made that's not you you're not the one to get upset yeah the mom exactly. is. like it was yeah it was horrible terrible yeah. cheating is never okay obviously blah, blah blah but like you're the child and you don't even really know like mm-hmm. the person that like is affected the the wife and they've dealt with it mm-hmm. like you like if you were like shocked surprised maybe a little bit mad at first sure fine whatever because like obviously no one wants to think that about like their parents mm-hmm. but like you going after him for a mistake that he made that has literally doesn't affect you whatsoever, barely affects you, that seems a little bit targeted. That feels like you are lashing out because there's something that you are trying to avoid or that's something that you are trying to not deal with. 
Yeah. And you lashing out in a way where like, it was very clear that Molly was kind of judging Dro and Candace for like their open relationship. And she felt like they had the perfect relationship and like her finding out that they're an open one kind of like destroys that image that she has of them. But her image of her parents was also destroyed. So she thought if they're going to break their relationship, it doesn't matter if I jump in. Right. And okay. All right. Let's let's ask a question. Let's okay. ask a question that everybody's been asking okay. ever since that happened. Okay. Were they in an open relationship for real or is Joe just stepping out on Candace? I think they're in a relationship for real. I am someone who has like I know several people in open relationships. Um and like I guess when this came out, because this season came out in what, 2018? Mm-hmm. I guess it was less talked about then. Mm-hmm. But like it's it's really common. It's really common. In fact, I'm gonna go out on a limb here. I'm going to say it. I know this isn't as true in the the black community, and this isn't as, as true in a lot of areas. But like, I, as someone who lives in um who lives in LA County and is very like part of the LGBTQ community here, you're more likely to see an open relationship than you are to see a closed one. It is very much like it's not mainstream popular yet but it's so incredibly common that like, I don't even blink twice. It's normal. It's just, it's it's the new wave. It's whatever, it's the way things are being done right now. So because it's partially because of my experience and the fact that I know so many people in open relationships, I think that it is actually a relationship and not just a man finding a clever way of cheating on the girl. Mm-hmm. I think that it's, I like that Insecure brought this into the show because Insecure does a really good job of bringing conversations about dating and relationships into the show in natural ways. Mm-hmm. Like Molly finding out that Jared had the experience with a guy and then talking about it with her friends, you know, Kelly and, you know, her, like Issa and Tiffany, just before they went into that really ghetto play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they played Dixie. Like them having that conversation are conversations that people need to have and people have a lot of the times because that's things that happen to other people and i like that like the open relationship is something that was brought in as well because married couples you know they try other things they do stuff you know Mm -hmm. they swing or whatever and open relationships isn't something that's talked about a lot in the black community so it's great to have a black showrunner black directors black writers and black actors to contribute to this conversation and try to talk about like what is this like what is the nuance behind it and i think it was low down dirty of dro to do this with a childhood friend and i think that like i when it first happened i didn't think that they were actually in an open relationship i felt like joe was just saying that because joe was just being doing too much at the at the party or whatever because like why are you there when you're married like obviously women are there to like bump and grind to like why are you there stepping into the den of temptation you know what i mean but like um when molly saw candace at derek's birthday dinner that birthday dinner man that was was so good when she (laughs) saw candace at the birthday dinner i was like oh candace knows because it was so weird and awkward between the two of them if candace didn't know Candace would have been more warm and talking to Molly, but the way that they were both so awkward and cold to each other was like, oh, they know. Like, she knows. And Molly meeting Joe in the bathroom and then Joe telling her to wait a second before coming out. I was like, oh, girl, this is not good for you. This yeah. isn't good for you. Like, open relationships 
would take communication and like mm-hmm. other you know things to make it work and like i don't think y'all need to like have like a weekly a bi-weekly meeting of when y'all gonna talk or whatever but like it feels it's not like molly is getting this like no strings attached relationship that she has with someone who knows her really well but she keeps forgetting that like in a way she's the other woman you know like season three molly's laid up in the bed with dro and candace calls him and he's like oh i'm still at molly's place and that kind of gives the audience to signal that like yes candace knows about this because there are still some people who finished season two and were like, does Candace really know what's going on? And then happening in season three is like the, the signals to people like, yeah, Candace knows that Joe is with Molly and like da-da-da-da-da. And so Molly, like she keeps laying up in the bed with this man and then she keeps getting the stark reminder that he has a wife at home. Mm-hmm. And it, like she's like, this bro, homie is take coming at night. He comes at 1 a.m. He leaves at 4 a.m. Like, Girl, this is not a relationship, <laughs> or it's not the one that you want. So no, definitely not the one that she seeking, wants. It's not what she needs. That's what. What are you seeking for out for? What are you looking for? How does this benefit you? How is he better than Sir K Brown? How is he better than all the other guys? Because I remember distinctly Molly going to the movie night with Issa, and then seeing Jared and Jared hanging out with that guy, and then Molly immediately starts Molly starts running away from them. Because she thinks they're together. Mm-hmm. And then immediately finds out that they're brothers. Because they look alike. And she looks dumb. She got egg on her face. She looks stupid. Because she ran back to her friends. Running away from the gay people. Like, you're dumb. You're dumb. That's you have That's the audacity so- to judge other people. And yet here you are. Out here with your trash. Pretending like it's treasure. With your it's trash so being much. the trash. <sighs> it's disappointing. Because like. You know she's smart. Like, you know. <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, 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 no. It's not good. Yeah. So season three. Let's go into season three. Let's talk about um, season three is when Issa kind of leaves uh, We Got Y'all. It's the job that Issa's had for two seasons where she worked with uh, disenfranchised kids and their schools trying to bring in more resources to these kids. Yeah. So how did you feel about like we got y'all as an organization how do you think it compares to like a lot of other nonprofits? i mean i think it was very realistic in like it seemed like they had heart like they they i don't know if that's like the right thing to say about them like it seems like they care but like to an extent that seems so bad to say but like they care as long as it's easy maybe as long as it's not a difficult child or as long as it's not too much time or energy without really realizing that like these are like these are children these are teens like they are they require all your time and energy really like this is like not just a full-time job this is a full-time life like normally raising kids is basically a full-time life um mm-hmm. i really don't think that I was equipped like it, was, it wasn't ready for that it didn't have that commitment yeah i love watching um her time at we got y'all mm-hmm. because it did really feel like what it's like to work often like in a lot of spaces where like we do this for disenfranchised people but you don't have a lot of those people from these communities that you're helping we have all these people that like want things done a certain way like isa trying to like get an idea across like the fundraiser and then being met with backlash from like her other counterparts was just like 
annoying. And I do want to say like Frida was annoying for the most part, but I could see that she was trying to like be on Issa's side. And I liked Frida. Like she was like one of the only white people on the show that I like, I genuinely liked, Mm -hmm. you know? And I felt like her character was really interesting. And I liked that Frida checked Issa on that principal at that school who didn't want to help the Hispanic kids, but only wanted to help the black kids. Uh, And mm -hmm. Issa has this problem where she's not going to worry about something if it doesn't directly affect her. You know, like she's like, I'm gonna look out for me and my bag and everything else is gonna have to fall. Like Issa could have taken the time, like she could have taken like five extra minutes to really think in her brain, how does it benefit me to sleep on the couch of the guy that I cheated on my boyfriend with? And why would I do that? And what boundary would that cross? And what kind of mixed signals would that send? What, not even how's it been, like, I honestly, I'm gonna be honest, I can't process that decision. Like I, like a lot of times when like characters make bad decisions, mm-hmm. like I can't at least like figure out like the logic. Like can, I can follow the through line of their character and be like, okay, well they made this decision because this, 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 and this. And like, I won't make that decision. I don't agree with that, that decision, but at least I understand how they decided to make that decision. This is not one of those cases. Yeah. This is out of left field. I, since seeing that happen, I have racked my brain to come up with some, some equation some reason some way in anyone's head that this would ever make sense even a little bit even a smidge no nothing yeah. this is completely this is objectively the most unrealistic thing that insecure ever did because no this is not happening i also kind of feel bad for daniel because like all around he not was a nice boy. guy like he was he was actually like a good guy mm-hmm. and isa was just never clear with him about how she felt you know like she felt like he was a dick appointment yeah and then you started like you can't show up to the doctor's office and then sleep in the waiting room that's not how it works like you you get there and then you go you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. you're 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 sending all these like no what are you doing this guy he's not i am glad that daniel finally cut isa off because it was clear that he liked her and he daniel is daniel is what nice guys think that they are you know nice guys are always like i'm such a nice no, guy i'm this no, i'm that don't no do it. don't daniel ruin, is don't actually ruin daniel's character by even daniel's, daring to compare him daniel's actually he is too guy. hot to be the compared to a nice like, guy daniel's actually a nice guy he's actually like a nice guy and he's being taken advantage by by a girl that he likes it's like these, these like that guys nice guys are always like oh these females they send my signals oh these females they only want your they only want your it's like as soon as Issa the one female actually leaves their mouth gone dead but isa was actually just like isa was trifling isa was trifling she was absolutely and what were we talking about we were talking about we got y'all yeah we were talking about we got why you. why did i bring actually that we were talking about daniel we oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i i liked daniel's character and I am kind of sad, like, like Daniel, Lauren should have been left behind. I really wish Daniel wasn't actually like an itch. Issa just had a scratch. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we break, if we leave a Daniel behind, we need to leave Lawrence behind too. Absolutely. Like leave Absolutely. him in the past. I don't care how many times people tweet at Issa. I don't care that Jay Ellis got slapped in the face at the airport. We need to let him go. Please let him go. All right. That was funny to me when JL told the story because people love this show. Like, it's so good. And these actors are so great. 
But I feel bad for Jayla's. But then again, people do send Issa death threats because she, she cheated on Lawrence, even though even though, this, even though they had the same name, it's not the same person, y'all. Yeah. Like, stop it. Chill out. Yo, stop. Like, please. It's please. embarrassing for you. Yeah, please. Just let we got we need to have one good thing without y'all doing too much. Mm-hmm. All right. That's all we ask. Yeah. But um Daniel, 10 out of 10 character. Absolutely. I didn't like the fact that he started like beatboxing in Issa's ear at the club. He was like spitting in her ear, doing the most. Okay, but like <laughs> That's just uh, that's just a dumb decision. I am not going to like sit here and pretend like I don't absolutely love Daniel because yeah. he did that. Issa and Daniel should have stayed friends. I think that Issa should have set that clear boundary, and Issa should not have Issa should not have gone back gone to his house. No. She should stay with them all. Absolutely not. She should have stayed with them all. She should stay with her brother. That would have been a lot more fun because Daniel deserves some peace of mind. Like. He he fronted like he 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 started he tried to front like he wasn't hurt by what Issa said, but he was because you would be too. Absolutely, because what she said was foul and not at all nice and considerate. But you know she should have left him go. I've been in tears. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all always in pursuit of the dick, but y'all not ready for the drama. <laughs> y'all never ready, and then you get surprised when it comes to you. Like, do you not see the choices? Do you not understand? Because I can point you, I can write you a, I can write you a PowerPoint of exactly how you got here. I can do like Charlie in the mailroom, make a whole true crime connecting the dots graph to show you. Step how one, got step two, up. step three. Honestly. And then I'm gonna start with Molly, because she needed it the most. <laughs> she needed it the most, man. But I'm glad that you said left we got y'all. I love I I liked we got y'all's core mission and what they were trying to do but it was very clear that like white fragility and comfortability would have stopped certain progress for schools and i'm glad that isa pushed for that one school to do better but she should have let her um boss know her supervisor know that mm-hmm. the principal was hindering their success like even though the principal brought in kids to go to the program the principal was hindering success for other students and instead of hiding that she should have made that known because that bit her in the butt later excuse me true true yeah i really did like frida um but i did some research on the actor who played uh, her so i'm being before... very scared i'm always scared whenever you say that <laughs> so before she was on insecure okay. uh she didn't do a lot of other stuff to be honest okay. but I did find a TV show that she did. It was a direct TV TV show. I guess it was only on direct TV. I don't know okay. why direct TV had that. The show was called Billy and Billy. It starred her and Adam Brody. And it was about a stepbrother, Billy, and the daughter, Billy. And they were in a relationship together. So I know you know. Say that again. It was about a white girl and a white mm-hmm. boy mm-hmm. who were step-siblings. Mm-hmm. And they were dating. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so it sounds very Caucasian. I'm getting mm-hmm. that right off the yeah. bat. Um, for some people, for some reason, white people love dating someone that looks like it could be their sibling. Love to date someone that looks like it could be their cousin. The whole sibling I know, dating. I don't know what the there is such a tension though with mm. dating some like like within their community. <laughs> that sounds so funny. You call it that. Um, <laughs> dating someone 
that you could 100% think is their sister, think is mm -hmm. their brother. Yeah. Now, is it because they all look alike? That remains to be seen. Um, mm -hmm. But there's something about it. Yeah, there are no episodes. There is no, there's no evidence that the show really existed except for um, a trailer and a couple of fan cams. But that's okay. it. Everything else about the show is wiped from the internet clean. Because you know Adam Brody don't need that on his resume. He does not need that on the resume. He is... That man only wants to be known for uh, Jennifer's Body, Startup, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and maybe like a few other shows. You know, he don't need people knowing that he played a show where he was sleeping with his stepsister. Because when I found that out, I was so weirded out by it. And I was like, I was looking at it and I was like, Issa, did we not know? And I was like, that's why Frida, that's why they left. That's why they left the her behind because, ooh, girl, we, <laughs> we can't God. do this. Like, Issa and Frida actually did get along outside of work, but oh my gosh, that's my microphone again. Sorry. But, you know, girl, she hasn't acted at anything since Insecure. So I'm sure she's just, you know, she's just living her life, you know, girl, and good for you. Maybe you can be put in like one of them. I'm sure Paul Wes Anderson would love to have you, but mm, mm -hmm. yeah. Yep. I, I also want to say um, I love the character Tiffany. I think she's hilarious. And I love that Amanda, um, Frick, what's your last name? One of my Amanda Seals. Uh, Amanda, Amanda Seals. Seals, yeah. I love Amanda Seals. I love her. She's hilarious. She's amazing. She's so awesome. She's so funny. And the show, gosh, I don't know. She's a great. Oh, absolutely. And I love Kelly. I love, love, love Natasha Rockwell. <laughs> she is so funny. She is an amazing writer. She is going to do great things. I know she's going to have a bright future. Every single day, she tweets out to Brian Kemp that he is garbage. And she shall do that for the rest of her days. She never forgets a day. She does it every and single day. And she shall live in peace. She shall yes. live in prosperity. Yes, she's doing that until that man gets out of office. She's doing the Lord's work. Which she should do, which he should do expeditiously. I love her. Yes. Okay. Um, let's see. What else we got? Oh, this is another thing I want to bring up because I saw this in the show a lot. Okay. Um, <clears throat> a lot of the men in the show, I like that Lawrence has friends. Mm -hmm. I don't really like some of Lawrence's friends, like Chad. I don't fuck with Chad. Mm. But <laughs> it's very clear. In the, I see why Chad is in the show. Yeah. Because, like, Lawrence, whenever he talks to Lawrence, like, people also think that Derek is like, oh, Derek's a good guy. No, Derek, you got to keep an eye on him, too. Because <laughs> Derek, like, <laughs> like, Derek straight up says, like, oh, Tiffany had a friend who, whatever that guy's name was, like Tom or Elijah, mm. you know, oh, he was working at her office. He, oh, Tom don't work there no more. You know why? Because I handled it. <laughs> it's that kind of like toxic masculinity. Like you need, guys need friends. Like guys see guy friends, mm -hmm. you know, but at the same time, like it was clear that sometimes Lawrence was going through some things and he couldn't talk to his guy friends about it because he just couldn't. So instead he would want to call Issa, but you can't call your ex about certain things like that because like that opens up the door to like more conversations so you want to close that door because you try to get over each other and Lawrence was going through I kind of like that we're watching Lawrence make mistakes because there's nothing I love more than hearing a black woman on the phone with him being like oh you ain't shit you're just a fuck nigga <laughs> I'm just like yeah <laughs> yeah that's right but he's also just trying to figure himself out but like 
how are we supposed to know that? Like, there are times where, like, Lawrence makes mistakes, and it's understandable, but mm-hmm. there are times where he makes mistakes, and it's like, no, you shouldn't have done that. No. Like, going to the barbecue, a family barbecue with the girl that you're just, like, sleeping with and not really dating, and then leaving halfway through to go to a work function and just, like, that's not right. Like, you showed up as her boo thing, mm-hmm. and she introduced you as her boo thing, and then you dipped, and then you didn't come back. That's embarrassing. That is embarrassing, and that's selfish, and it's stupid. Like, you shouldn't have gone in the first place, you know? And also, you going around girl after girl after girl, not using protection, and then you get the clap. And then Chad telling him that he should have made the call, I should have talked to the girls. I'm like, Chad, shut up. Shut up, okay? Leah left you because you had a bachelor party that was not safe for work, and she was right to leave you. But, you know, you went back on your hands and knees and she took you back, so. But, yeah. Like, Lawrence has friends that are men, but they're not, like, I don't know. Lawrence is the sensitive guy. He's the Brian McKnight. He wore turtle, like, he wore the turtleneck twice in the season finales. Like, twice! Yeah. Like, look at him in sweaters and cardigans. Mm-hmm. Like, writing poetry and stuff. Like, Lawrence needs another sensitive friend. Because the only other person he can talk to about his feelings is Issa. And Issa is his ex. Yeah. Like, I think that's true for a lot of men out there where, like, the only women they are friends with are women they've already slept with or dated. Because for the some reason... people they're friends with are people... Or, like, except for maybe a couple of guys. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, like, you... I don't know how people could make... Like, join your local basketball league or something. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like... You gotta be friends with people outside of the relationships you have with them and other people or the relationships you used to have, you know? And women and guys and girls can be friends. Tale as well as time, song as well as rhyme. Like guys and girls can be friends and just be friends. Like y'all do not have to. Can they? Yes. That's a discussion for a different day. That's, yes, they can be. Like you could be friends with somebody and be heterosexual and have interest in the opposite sex and it could just be a friendship but some guys don't understand that because they only see women as like so here's here's the thing here's the thing this is this is just a brief side just a brief sidestep but um i actually did a research project on this um during my undergrad um and i've also like looked at a bunch of other research about this and this is just like a quick tidbit if anyone wants to know more they can look up themselves but obviously men and women tend to think differently. They're different emotionally. They have different um, brain chemistry. They process things differently. Um, and it has been speculated, and there is some proof to this now, that although um, like women, they are structured like um, psychologically that they can be purely platonic friends with men, those same mm-hmm. brain pathways are much less present traditionally in men so like it is a hundred percent it's like it's a stereotypical like movie trope like oh um guy is in love with his female best friend and she has no idea because it is much more Mm -hmm. physiologically and psychologically possible for a girl to see a guy as nothing more than a friend than it is for a guy to see a girl as nothing more than a friend just based off of brain chemistry and the types and amounts of chemicals running through their brain. Um, so I agree that it's possible for men and women to be friends, but it is unlikely for it to both ways be purely platonic in heterosexual relationships anyways. 
Um, and that's why I yeah. always find it interesting when like shows try to tackle that. Shows try to show that it's not usually consistent besides the blatant just I'm in love with my best friend and they don't know type of way because that's boring. I also remember um, watching a video someone did where someone literally like it's one of those videos where like someone has a phone that's like a microphone and they go to random people and they like ask them like a basic question so a guy goes up to another guy and he's like hey can guys and girls be friends and the guy's like and all the men are like no because you know your friends are like what's next like mm-hmm. what else is there mm-hmm. like you know your friends but like is she does she want to sleep or like what does she want to do and every girl is like yeah guys are exactly. friends that's it they're just going to be friends and the guy also asks okay but eventually something else is going to happen all the women were like all the women were like no exactly because no, like no, it's, it's much more likely like women are much more capable mm-hmm. of being able to have guys as just friends and it's much more difficult for a man to do that that's not an excuse men i'm not sure yeah. how many men we have listened to our podcast it's not it's not an excuse I'm just saying if you're getting confused, here's some information for you so you can so you can realize why you're confused. When women are only seeing you as friends, possibly, and you don't know why, it's because they actually do see you as just a friend. Mm -hmm. Nothing wrong with you necessarily. Yep. It's just just they just aren't interested in you. Plain and simple, easy as that. Yep, 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 yep. And I think that. I like the different men that are in the show, like Lawrence, Daniel, Khalil, Chad, Derek, Nathan, mm-hmm. like all of these men, even Torian, like all of these guys are completely different and completely unique and they're all black, but they all have different like wants and they all have different struggles. They all have different ambitions and they're all full like characters. Like, none of them fall into a box about anything. They're all just, like, you know, they're all unique in their own way. And I love the way that Issa writes them and the way that the actors present these characters and how different people can relate to them. And I really did get attached to Daniel because, like, yeah. he's a great guy. Like, Daniel mm-hmm. really was my favorite character. And I didn't want I didn't want Issa to date him. I just wanted them to be friends. I just again, want him you know? around. I just want, see, yeah. I just want to see more of Daniel. Yeah, I wanted... I don't know. I like Daniel. I thought he was really cool. And, you know, I liked a lot of the guys in the show. Like, they're all pretty great. Um, yes. Uh, okay. I think we kind of got into season three a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there anything else you want to talk um, say before we get into season four? And talk um, about Molly all I'm going to say is Coachella will really be popping up everywhere. Yeah. <sighs> I love the Coachella episode. I loved it because they're in California. So of course mm-hmm. they're gonna try to go to Coachella. Yeah. And... Also, I'm going to say it with social media and all of that sort of stuff, Coachella was obviously it might not have been the literal biggest, but it was at least the most like publicly like shoved down people's throats 2016, 2017, and 2018. Yeah. Oh, I guess in 2019 too. Wait, yeah, in 2019 too. <laughs> those four years, those were the biggest years of Coachella. I'm actually pretty sure that 2017 was the most attended Coachella of all time. Like it was, and they were right to do it. They were right to incorporate it into the season because it was relevant. It was amazing. It was what everyone was talking about. And the Coachella episode was hilarious. Mm-hmm. I I love Kelly. Once again, I'll tell y'all right now, if I was an actor, I would never, not ever, piss myself on camera. I would rather- really? I would rather really? be naked. 
I would rather be naked. I would rather be naked. I will not piss myself in camera. Even if it was I like, won't let anyone. I won't do it for piss. fake. Nope. Nope. Go you're ahead. Not gonna fake, you're not going to fake I, yourself on camera. I'd rather someone see my titties than see y'all do that. No, I'm not doing that. Well, I, I left that behind. currently casting for season three. Oh, y'all, <laughs> do I look like I could pass a paperback test? Do I look like I'm a size four? Exactly. But what I'm saying is that uh, that episode was so funny. That yeah. episode was so funny. Insecure is a comedy. Mm-hmm. It is a comedy, and the comedy never stops. Heavy hitters all throughout. Like that when at the end of season three, when Lawrence was talking to Issa and he stood up, and that one person's like, "You're not a window, nigga." <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use that. I'm gonna use that. Like that is hilarious. Y'all need to stop. Like I'm dead. Okay, but we can go into season four. I just had yeah. I just had to bring up Coachella. Oh, before we get into season four, um, we need to talk about Nathan. And um, yeah. Mm. I first of all, Issa going to Nathan's house, Issa going to Andrew's house, is snooping around his stuff. That what is was... with Issa going to people's houses that she shouldn't be at? <laughs> this is a reoccurring issue. He was doing too much. <laughs> she was doing too much. And I found it so funny when she was trying to stick it to his computer. But all in all, I think that Nathan leaving and then coming back is also like that ugly side of mental illness that people don't really see and talk about. And I like that the show, it focuses on different things. And it's hard for certain shows to focus on a lot of different issues all the time. But Insecure does a great thing of making the show seem like real life, where things are always happening. Things are always coming up and things are always changing. And that's just the way that it is. Life is never perfect and cookie cutter. And a TV show can't be that way but it reflects someone's life. So Issa meeting this really nice guy who shows a bit of impulsivity, you know, and it's like really down to earth. And she likes this dude, but him kind of ghosting her for a while, you know, it's, it's that, it's that part where like people don't talk about it a lot because like when you think of mental illness you think of like oh I just sit in my room and I stare at the ceiling and I feel sad and I wear mm-hmm. black all the time and I listen to My Chemical Romance or I listen to really sad music like mm-hmm. Billie Eilish and like Phoebe Bridgers mm-hmm. and Mitski mm-hmm. but Period, times... new Minsky album just dropped <laughs> 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 well, but, uh... <laughs> go stream Mitski guys go stream Mitski for clear skin mm-hmm. ah, ah, ah. Mm-hmm. But there are parts of it that isn't very, it's not easy to understand, you know? And I like that Insecure took that risk with Nathan and kind of like trying to toe the line of like, how do, where do we go from here with this character? And what's going to be next for Issa's relationship with him? Or is she going to have a relationship with him? And Molly was wrong to send Nathan away. Because yeah. that wasn't her business. Mm-hmm. That wasn't her business. Like Molly and Issa throughout the seasons have been doing little things to get on each other's nerves and just kind of like get under each other's skin. And they never really talk about it or address it or really like get into like the nitty gritty of it all. And I wish that they would, you know. And sometimes like you can sit down and have the conversations, you can sit down and talk, but it's hard to do that when one person is coming to the table wanting to repair the relationship and the other person is stubborn and never wants to admit that they're right and always wants to, things to go a certain way mm-hmm. and wants everything to be perfect, but they keep making a mess of everything. Like, how are you going to go to therapy and then get upset when your therapist tries to do therapy? Yeah. Like- how are you going to go to therapy and your therapist is like, who's Dro? Like, Molly, 
Molly, girl. What is that looking? Why? It's not working, girl. Like, come on. So <clears throat> Molly was definitely in the wrong, especially when like Molly did the presentation without Torian's approval. Uh-uh. Like you had two people at the firm they were willing to be your friend, even though you were walking around talking about how, like, oh, my old firm used to do this. My old firm used to do that. Nobody cares, girl. You're not working with the white people no more. Like, whining and complaining because that firm didn't pay you enough, but now you're with the black people firm, but you're did this and did that and stepping over your words and being stupid. Like, and then the two women at the firm wanted to be your friend until you wanted to do their wing, but then you started working with the guy they don't like, but then you underwent, you undermined him. And now they don't like you. And now you're on your own. What, mm-hmm. kind of stra- what is the strategy? What's the strategy? Because you think because Issa's been your friend for so long, people are just going to put up with you the same way Issa puts up with you. And they're not. And I, yeah. So Mommy and Issa kind of like <clears throat> having a little bit of falling out wasn't surprising. You know what I mean? No. No. So season four coming up. Mm. Okay. Season four. Okay. We doing the block party. I love, I would say, I love Condola. Uh-huh. I love Condola as a character. I mm. love the actress. Um, I know she probably got some hate comments on her Instagram, you know, for uh-huh. trying to take trying to take Lawrence from Eastside. They're not dating anymore. Y'all need to let it go. I, I like Condola and I think that Condola was good for Issa, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> Season four. What are we thinking, Glenn? How did you feel about season four? So, one, not my favorite season. I feel like that's kind of rude. Season one is my favorite season. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to pretend. Um, but like season, season one, two. Season I think two was that. messy. I can't, I can't stop that. I can't stop yeah. that. I like season one more as TV. I like season two more as insecure. You mm-hmm. know? Um, yeah, I said that right. Yeah, yeah, I said that right. Um, season four... Kind of feels like the lull of the series. Is that bad? Should I not say that? I think that um, season four was like trying something different, like Molly and Issa not being friends. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it failed. I feel like Insecure has this perfect formula of like great cinematic shots, funny jokes, interesting scenarios, and they hit everything on the head. I think that was Molly and Issa's friendship kind of like on the rocks. It kind of brings in this new kind of what's going on here, like a new kind of conflict for the season. Because I'm very glad I like I'm ti- I'm tired. I was so tired of insecure focusing on like dating and relationships. Like that's just this, this, we get it, we get it. Y'all are single, y'all lovely. Da da da. Like that's what it, you know. So I like that insecure is trying to focus on another kind of relationship, which is the most interesting and well-liked and pivotal relationship in the series, which is Molly and Issa's friendship, because they've been going through a lot with each other, and they've been dealing with a lot with one another, and, you know, they've done each other dirty a couple of times throughout the season, so it makes sense for their kind of chemistry to be off a bit. Yeah. 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 I, um, I do like that Molly was with Andrew. I liked Andrew. Like, yeah. I I love Asian Bay. I okay, did. Okay. He he's first of all he's beautiful. Facts. Oof. 
That also, was never an argument. We weren't even discussing yes. that. We hadn't even gotten there yet. Yes. Also, the actor who plays him, mm, man, he did it. He did it so well. Mm-hmm. All of these actors, they do so well. Like they always put like lingo in the lines and the dialogue. Sometimes like certain actors can't really like pick up on it. All the actors in the show, they're so great. As they they're should. They're so great. As they should. I love actors that can read. Fit. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love actors that like can take the lines and just make it dialogue. They're not just lines. They're not the person playing this character on TV. It's mm-hmm. this is Andrew. This is Torian. This is Kelly. This is Tiffany. Like Amanda Seals is nothing like Tiffany, but mm-hmm. she plays Tiffany so well. So well. Because she and, has a job to do and she does it. Yes, she does it. And she does it flawlessly every single time. And I liked Andrew. I admire, I really did feel like Molly was trying it with Andrew mm. way too many times. Like mm-hmm. she was just doing, she stayed doing too much. You know what I mean? She stayed doing too much. Mm-hmm. Like, you're finally in a relationship with a guy, and now we're just, like, you know, the one thing that really upset me that Molly did in season four was when Issa asked Molly to talk to Andrew about getting a Live Nation artist for her block party. Yeah. Because she needed musicians, and she needed talent for the block party, because Schoolboy Q dropped out. And Molly was like, no, because I don't want to go to my man for your problems. And immediately, I was like, why wouldn't you do that? why would you not want your friend to succeed and for the whole three seasons of watching this show i'm thinking that molly and isa are staying friends because they're friends with each other and they're that's just it but one thing i realized was that molly likes that isa is struggling yeah. molly likes that isa molly was okay with isa having a relationship like that was fine but molly was not okay with isa possibly being more successful than her because molly has to be the uppity yeah. friend she has to be the expensive friend. She wants to go to Morocco for vacation, and she knows Issa can barely afford rent. Like, see, but I feel like that's oh, okay, okay. Like, I'm not defending Molly here, mm-hmm. but I am defending the character idea. Okay, I think would be the best way to say it because, uh-huh. like, there are really friends like that. There are friends like that that, like, they. And I remember, like, especially when I was, like, in high school, I was a lot more like this. Not, like, in the money aspect. I was broke. But in the aspect that, like, I liked being the successful one. I liked being the one that, like, people came to when they get help with homework because they know that I have it. That I liked being the one that people came to when, like, they were feeling a little bit down or they needed to pick me up. Like, I liked being the person people could always could count on to be, like, oh, like, this is what I should be. Or like, mm-hmm. if only I can make it to that level. Or like, because there's something, obviously, like, I realize, like, how toxic it is now, like, looking back. But, like, there's something kind of, like, intoxicating about having people think of you as a role model, almost. You know? Like, people are looking up to you, and it's for positive reasons. So I do understand mm-hmm. why, I do understand why Molly's character is like that. I don't support that trait in people. Um mainly because that was me for a little bit mm-hmm. but i completely understand it it's a very human very normal very realistic thing yeah i think i was just upset by it because like if that's your friend if that's your best friend you want to do whatever you can to support them and wait, wait, oftentimes can, can we bring it up can we bring it up i can't remember their names 
but this is exactly it's the same thing in season one of you with uh gwen and what's the heiress the rich heiress um salinger whatever her name is it's the uh, exact same Rache mitchell what i don't know the her act her character name i only know the actor name. yeah yeah but like you know what i'm talking peach. about it's peach peach salinger yeah it's the same thing peach salinger liked being around gwen guinevere because um like Peach was the exciting friend. Peach was the friend that always had money to go on vacation. Peach was the friend that like always helped Guinevere out whenever like she didn't have enough money for rent. Guinevere was always the uh, Peach was always the one taking her out, showing her a good time, being a positive one, being you know the healthy one. It's the exact same type of like like relationship, and you can see like that. You does a really good job of showing like how toxic can be, but like it comes from like partly like caring about the person and it doesn't start inherently bad it can just become very bad like no one like joins a relationship like that purposely because they are trying to manipulate the other person yeah i think i i agree with you i relate to that you know um so isa and molly like i know they both went to school because they both wanted to be like a lawyer and then Issa kind of changed her mind along the way with that decided to go into a different route and like doing nonprofits, which is great but I think that Molly has been very selfish throughout the season mm-hmm. like there would be times where Issa is talking to her about something real and then Molly wants to do this heavy sigh and talking about another failed relationship another failed date that was her fault but she can't see it as her fault so she brings it to Issa, so Issa's on her side, and she feels reassured by this. But it's like mistake after mistake after mistake, and I don't know. I feel like Molly has Molly at the time of season four had everything she really needed or really wanted. Like she has a good job, mm-hmm. she has a great relationship. Mm-hmm. So why would you feel like her not talking to Andrew to help Issa out was sabotage? Yeah, and. Her saying that she doesn't want to bring her man into Issa's mess was disrespectful mm-hmm. and rude. And she shouldn't have said that. And her showing up to the block party, not even having fun, not really taking, like, just being, like, kind of bitter, just being there, like, bitter. Like, Molly got there late. Tiffany and Kelly got there early. Yeah. And Derek. Like, they're one of the first people there. Like, there's and, an actual difference there. And Issa doesn't, even, doesn't, Issa doesn't even, like, hang out with them like that. You know, another thing about Molly is that, like, whenever it's Issa, Kelly, Molly, and Tiffany, Molly's always talking to Tiffany about Issa. Archer. Oh, and mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. never nice. Like, if you're agreeing with Tiffany on some of the things Tiffany's saying, I'm looking at you like, huh? Like, why? You know what I mean? Because Tiffany's supposed to be, like, a character who's not really taken seriously, except when, like, of course, when she's pregnant, where you talk about the postpartum stuff, of course. But, like, in the beginning, Tiffany is the rich black girl who mm. talks about being submissive to her man and like not really talk about her problems with Derek and their relationship and blah 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 all that stuff but like for you to agree with Tiffany on some stuff it's just like okay I should have been looking at you weird from jump because you were also sideways stuff and I I'm glad that I'm not glad but Molly and Issa having a falling out was kind of inevitable mm-hmm. and i think that is important for people to see that because a lot of times people say in friendships with people simply because they've known them for a long time yeah. and that's my friend and like this is the only person i want to talk to and like why would i go out and make other friends when i have this person mm-hmm. but you don't realize until you step back that this 
friendship you have with this person is not serving you. It's not benefiting you. It's not really bringing anything to you. But like, you just have someone to go to brunch with, you know? But if you cannot tell this girl that, like, she needs to stop being her head about dating and just be with a guy for a month and just see where it goes, <laughs> and she gets offended by it, then that person may not be your friend. Exactly. You know? Like, the fact that they won't even listen to you, won't even, like, hear, mm-hmm. like, your very solid advice. Mm-hmm. And it comes from a, a loving place. Obviously, like mm-hmm. Issa is some random person that Molly just met. Issa's known Molly for a long time. Molly keeps doing the same thing over and over again. Like Molly told Issa that Issa likes her life to be messy while Molly is out here being just as messy. Like Molly didn't contribute anything to the block party. She didn't donate. She didn't do nothing. She even talked to her man. Like Nathan talked to Andrew and then Andrew got the Live Nation artist on there. Mm-hmm. And then Molly got upset with Issa because she felt like she was bringing her man into her mess. But how else was the ball price supposed to happen if there was nobody there? Like, would people have showed up if, it, if Vince Staples wasn't there? Mm-hmm. Probably not. No. So what what are you upset with her for? You're upset because she succeeded? You're upset because she did well? And you set this petty rule for no reason other than to be controlling. So if she fell on her ass and didn't do well, what would you have done then? Suggested that y'all go to Mexico together, even though she ain't got no money, no job, mm-hmm. no block party. Mm-hmm. Like, it's selfishness. It's just being selfish. And Issa has spent so much time trying to just be understanding and reaching out and apologizing. But it sucks because, like, the whole debacle overshadowed Issa's accomplishments. Like, Issa couldn't even take the time to, like, just be happy for what she did and be proud of what she did because, you know... Molly was just not, Molly was being unfair. Like, when Issa went to the Ethiopian spot that she and Molly went to season one, and she saw Molly there, she was like, I'm not doing this. She left. And Molly Mm. saw her at the door, and then she saw her leave. And then Molly said Issa ran away like she was an actual job. Like, oh, ugh. It's just not, the only time I really agreed with Molly was when Andrew's brother was not being a, great ally oh yeah mm. and, and molly was trying to say it straight but then molly didn't want to go to the basketball game i was like babe he said he was sorry let's move on mm-hmm. like you're trying to have beef with your boyfriend's brother that's not gonna work andrew just met you that's his brother yeah mm. um let's reevaluate then, things yeah also andrew works in music like this this guy He's got pussy to spare, girl. You're something <laughs> special. Like, let's check ourselves. No, no, no. You're okay. right. No, you're right. You were, you were right to say that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, how do you feel about Molly and Issa's friendship debacle? I completely agree. Like, Molly is just, like, objectively in the wrong here. Like, this isn't, like, a discussion. This isn't something that, like, I even think that, like, the writers want it there to be, like, a debate about within the fandom, within the audience. It was just a very clear situation where Molly was being a bad friend. It was being extremely selfish. And that's kind of like the end of it. Like, Mm -hmm. there's really no wiggle wiggle room here. There's no like gray area. Like she very purposefully wasn't helping her friend and was getting aggressively mad whenever her friend brought up like oh like could you do this for me or like even brought like solid advice or anything like that like it was just being a bad friend all around Mm -hmm. i think molly's therapist put it best when um she talked about how molly 
doesn't put a lot of work into repairing things that serve her. So is she going to put work into repairing her relationship with Issa? Because mm-hmm. Issa just stayed friends with Molly because like that's her friend. Like Molly hit it and quit it with so many guys and so many different things over and over and over again. But you're about to lose your longest relationship. Are you going to keep being stubborn or are you going to buck up and realize that you're in the wrong and do something about it? Because if you keep being stubborn and looking out for you, the only person you're going to have left at the end of the day is you. Mm-hmm. You know, you can have your dog, but your dog needs you to live. So you only got you really. Really. You mm-hmm. know, you can't talk to your dog about your problems because the dog don't care. The dog wants to kibble, the dog wants to be brushed, and the dog goes to sleep. That's it. Like, yeah, you could. And yeah. the dog is right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The dog mm-hmm. don't care. The dog does not care. You know, you can't, you can't always be right and then be in a relationship as well. That's not how these things work. You just can't always be right and be a human. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like, you need to stop being so self righteous all the time. Mm-hmm. Like, just oh gosh you know also oh my gosh i remember uh molly and andrew are hanging out and then Issa's helping nathan move out mm-hmm. and then they start hanging out at the house and then molly sends the text to that she meant to send the andrew to Issa, saying like see i'm trying with her and that oh that moment where we think everything is fine and then the rug gets pulled out from under us Issa, mm, you do not do it like that Oh, that, that was so, so bad. bad. And they go outside, and Issa is trying her hardest not to cry, not to break down and cry, because there is so much she could say, so much she could say to Molly, but Molly will not listen. Molly won't budge. Molly won't like listen to her. Mm-hmm. And Issa is just like, it doesn't even matter. And that's when I'm like, uh sometimes I don't like self inserts, but Issa Ray trying so hard to hold like the tears, and you could see her eyes turning red man like this show this is her baby mm-hmm. this is her oh my gosh this is her opus like this is her back this is her foundation what me watching her do that i was like she's because also Issa was a rather a relatively new actor when she started doing insecure mm-hmm. and season one season one is good mm-hmm. like season one was really good and season three season four man the acting you can tell she's just like she's just doing Mm -hmm, she's mm -hmm. she's doing it she's doing it and watching that scene outside with the two of them just watching their relationship break because there's so much Issa wants to say but she knows Molly won't listen and then molly's waiting for Issa to go off but she's ready to just like defend herself and stand her ground not even seeing how she's in the wrong it's so hard because it's that breaking point where just like what else can i say literally what else can i say like nothing (laughs) <laughs> nothing at all that was a hard way to end season four because yeah. we thought that was a hard way to end season four and then we saw the actual finale <laughs> mm. Mm. Glenn how do you feel about season four was a really good season two yeah yeah like the whole it still doesn't have bad seasons no I'm gonna I would argue that season five probably wasn't as great but that's because of the pandemic really like yeah you know, but like, what did you think of season four now that we're moving into season five? So there were so many important things that happened. One, seeing, like, okay, there's so many important things that happened in season four. And just seeing Molly and uh, Issa's relationship actually like break down like that, it needed to happen. Because like, like you said, on your rewatch, you could see from the beginning, like, oh, Molly is a bad friend. And so like from the beginning, it might not have been building up necessarily to this 
specifically, but like we knew there had to be like an actual falling out. There had to be something that was like do or die, ultimatum, is this the end? Because eventually like everyone reaches a breaking point and like it took four seasons, but we got it. And just that makes this entire season absolutely worth it. Yeah. Um, I also want to touch on uh, Tiffany and her dealing with like the baby. I think that was like took more of like a back seat in the season. Mm-hmm. And I did, I really did like when like Derek was talking to Lawrence about how like they didn't really plan on having the child, but like it happened and like they loved their daughter. And, you know, insecure, they, they don't have a lot of missed opportunities on that show. No. You know, they really do take the time to like touch on topics that are affecting people in real life and try to figure out how to incorporate that into the show. Like, it makes sense to have the married couple have a baby, you know, because mm-hmm. this is what happens. You get married, you have a kid. And a lot of Black women deal with, you know, problems with the doctor having, you know, mortality rates and postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. It's something that happens to pregnant women, but it's not spoken about a lot. And I do love, like, it was so hard to watch this episode. It was so hard to watch Derek just freak out. And like, we usually see Derek as a cool, calm guy. He's yeah. chill. He's the nice guy. And now he has to worry about his wife possibly missing. And he doesn't know what to do. And he's like, just concerned for his daughter. Mm-hmm. And I think time and time again, I think another, what I also love is like, it shows black men are fathers. And black men can be fathers and they're capable of being fathers and caring for their Absolutely. wives and being mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. I don't need another comedy talking about a married man hating his wife. I don't want that. I'm tired of it. You need to leave that behind. Black men want to be there for their kids. And sometimes they can't find the right way to be there, like in the beginning of season five with Lawrence. But in the end, they're going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And I love that this show gives the space for that to happen. And the writers have the very complex characters trying to make difficult decisions in the end they make the right decision and i like that and it was it was hard to watch them looking for tiffany because derek really was just like out here playing detective and i love kelly i love kelly and i kind of wish that we got to see more kelly and tiffany's (laughs) friendship because the way kelly was just like ready to like burn this city to the ground to find tiffany made me made my heart skip a beat because that was really sweet and i didn't miss like tiffany being in the hotel room 505 which could also be sos mm-hmm. like i didn't mm-hmm. miss that little detail nah, nah. and it it was a sad episode but it was very it was needed yeah you know? it was a great way to end the season yeah and i'm very glad that you know that was brought up i love I like Tiffany isn't my favorite character, but I like that they gave her like something, you know, to build up upon, mm-hmm. you know, because they're always like those people that you see where they act like life is everything is good, everything's fine. And sometimes, you know, people go through things and that's okay because it just depends. It's not like, you know, it's not a bad thing to go through stuff. It just happens. Yeah. 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 And then we get into season five. Which is where hmm, we're starting to leave things behind. I didn't take as many notes for season five as I did the other seasons. Yeah. Because I was just taking the time to just watch it. Like I was just like kind of embracing it. Um, I think my only thoughts for season five is like as we've been watching the seasons, um, 
the wardrobe has gotten better. Oh, okay. The wardrobe, yeah. mm-hmm. the wardrobe has gotten better. The hairstyles have gotten better a little bit. You know, there were some hairstyles on Issa I didn't really like that much. You know, I understand like with natural hair, you want to show the versatility and the different things you can do with it. Me, I'm very much a twist out kind of girl. Like I just leave my hair one way because I'm not touching it. Like if I want to do different styles with it, I'm just too tired because uh, ain't nobody got time for that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I liked some of Molly's wigs. I feel like watching from season one to season five, you see the quality. No, you see the wig budget. Mm-hmm. You see the wig budget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like mm. you see the different ones that she has. And a lot of the wigs that Molly had very much look like I could just be like, no. He's another one. Put that one. <laughs> yeah. A lot of the wigs that she had on did look like she just like and then ran yeah. up on set. But yeah. um the wardrobe did get better. Yeah. Like they stepped it up a bit, you know what I mean? Uh yeah. Uh how I don't know what to say about season five, really. It's just I've I don't think that she should end up with Lawrence. No, we said that at the beginning and yeah, it just doesn't make sense. I don't like it. It feels like everything that she's learned, everyone thing that everyone's learned, was for nothing if she just ended up back with Lawrence. Yeah. Uh, I and, think not with that, Daniel. Ugh, and not with yeah, Daniel. Yeah, I like Daniel. I don't I don't think she should end up, I don't think- No, see, I don't think he, she should have ended up with Daniel either, but if she had to end yeah. up with someone that she should have ended up with, could it have been Daniel? Like, we could have- I think have, Daniel should have stayed a friend. I think she should I think she should have stayed friends with Daniel. Yeah. Daniel was actually kind of funny, mm-hmm. and he that actor was a really good actor. I would have liked to see him more, but you know, I like Nathan. Like, I really like Nathan. I really yeah. like Hendrick Sampson. I like that he wanted to grow roots in LA, mm-hmm. and you mm-hmm. know, was at the barbershop. Um, but uh, it's like Issa fell into the trap that Molly did, where you're like you're messing up a good thing for no reason. Mm-hmm. Like Issa and Lawrence going back and forth with each other. It's just like, oh my gosh, what's it gonna take? What's yeah. it gonna take? Leave it alone. Let it go, please. Yeah. All in all, I'm glad that Issa did well. She yeah. succeeded. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that the block became very successful. Mm-hmm. I'm happy that she talked to the panel at her, you know, old alumnus. And, you know, we could see where she was and where she is now and how she's improved because Issa was really going through it like uh, this girl got she did she, someone did a dine and dash on her a bachelorette party did a dine and dash on her the way I would have found out the, found those girls and fought them the way I would have stalked those in girls the ground just yeah just girl how you gonna run up in my city and do this like no absolutely not not here no, not ever absolutely not who do yeah. you think you are? And I'm glad that Molly obviously like found her zen, started taking therapy seriously, mm-hmm. started meditating. You know, she found a nice guy. She got married. I'm very sad that her mom died. That was hard to watch. Yeah, like that was really sad. And you know, I mean, in the end, it worked out for Molly. I did cry at the wedding when <laughs> we were watching the wedding, and I saw the mom shrine. I did cry when she was sitting with her dad. I cried. Mm-hmm. I did when the mom was in the hospital that was hard because the show season five was filmed i think near like the quiet time of the pandemic yeah and um you know obviously like with so much going on it's like people being affected by the pandemic 
a lot of people have had family members in the hospital or are not able to be at the bedside of that family member. Mm -hmm. So to have that in the show where, you know, you can be there for them, you can uh, just try and just like have your presence be comforting to this person. And also having like Issa just like try and like do something nice for Molly so she doesn't have to worry about it. That is something that I really appreciated because the show took the approach of like, not acknowledging COVID or the pandemic, which makes sense. Cause you know, people want to go out and party and have fun. Mm-hmm. So to have like that little reminder that like you have community, you have family, you have friends who love you and support you. That's, that's great. That's great. And I love that. And, you know, I appreciate that little point yeah. they put in there. I really wish the mom didn't pass away, but you know, it, it, it happened and those things happen you know mm. yeah um uh go ahead is there anything else you want to say justice for daniel that's it okay that's leave all daniel i alone. Say. Leave him alone. <laughs> no i will not i i also want to say i liked isa has this recurring problem in her job when it comes to integrity mm. like we see it with the principal with the Hispanic kids and the black kids. And then we see it with Crenshaw. Oh, yeah, like, um, I understand that she had a brand that she had to like please and da, 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 all that stuff. But it's very clear that like Issa was so quick to make the changes to Crenshaw's show just so she could get her back. Yeah. And she really didn't think through like very clearly replying to what Crenshaw said on Twitter. Like, girl, he was just popping off. You mm-hmm. are you are the leader. Like, you are the head, mm-hmm. okay? You're in charge. You can't be doing too much. Like, you can't be acting buck wild in people's DMs and not expect to be called out on that. And I think that Crenshaw going back to Issa asking for a second chance is not something that is uh, accurately reflected in a lot of creatives because Issa was a creative back in the day. So she's sure. really dealt with this and a lot of influencers deal with the problem of like brands asking your rates for a promotion or a sponsorship or whatever and then you giving them the rates and then them trying to like bring down your rates mm-hmm. police what you post did mm-hmm. this did that all that stuff and a lot of influencers and a lot of creatives deal with that in freelancing as well and i think that crenshaw kind of like crawling back to isa to ask for a second chance is not accurately reflects it's not an accurate representation of what really happens behind yeah. you know that sphere yeah mm. glenn is there anything else you would like to say about insecure um i don't think so if you if you haven't for some reason go watch season five um it's a it's a great wrap-up to the series yeah you guys should definitely go watch insecure it's an amazing show. I think that this show is definitely going to have an impact on the culture mm-hmm. for a long time. And I'm glad that Issa made the show. Yeah. I know it took her like five years to develop it for HBO from Awkward Black Girl, mm-hmm. but I there's not a lot I would change about the show. I think the one thing I probably would change was like have Kelly in a mall in more episodes. <laughs> I kind of wish we got to know Amal a little more than yeah. just like the brother, you know? I liked him. Mm. I liked the wall. I thought he was fun. And I love all the other side characters of the show, like Issa's mother. Mm. And, you know, well, I didn't like Drew, but, you know, oh, yeah, yeah. the other people. Yeah, yeah. The other people, they were nice. 
you know, even though I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of Chad, I still liked him a lot. I thought he was funny. Mm-hmm. You know, he's funny for the plot. You know what I mean? For the time being. And I love that, like, um, it was sad when, like, uh, Tiffany was moving to Denver, but they went to go visit her. Mm-hmm. And that was sweet. That was so sweet. Yeah. And I'm glad that Lawrence stepped up. It was a better father in the end. Because Condola deserves that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Lawrence was doing a bit too much. All right. <laughs> trying to be rude to Condola. And I love that Kiki Palmer was in that episode. Because Kiki plays a perfect sister. Mm. The perfect sister. I love Kiki Palmer so much. So, yes. All right. With that, I think that's the conclusion of Insecure. Shout out to Issa Rae. Who also yeah. received uh-huh. the key to the city in Inglewood? I think recently she deserves it mm. for all of her hard work, and I can't wait to see what else she has in store for us. I'm very excited. We love Let's to see go. it. And we're going to wrap up the pod with um, pass. You know, I'll pass, which is our last segment of the podcast. We're talking about things that we are going to pass on. Uh, one, is there anything you're going to pass on this week? There's only one. Mm-hmm. There's only one. And I'm not going to rant. I want to, but I will control myself. Uh-huh. There's this new movie coming out in about a week and a half called Cyrano. Called what? Cyrano. And the way I want to rip to shreds whoever approved this movie. Wait, spell now, it. Um, C-Y-R-A-N-O. So let me explain the backstory really quick. Cyrano is a movie adaptation of an old French play called Cyrano de Bergerac. And the basic plot of Cyrano de Bergerac, like the play, is that it's this man um, and he's in love with this girl, but this man is very unattractive. Um, but he's very, like he's, it's a very nice guy, but like he's actually a nice guy. So he has an amazing personality. He just has like a horrible disfigurement of his face so it makes him absolutely disgusting and repulsive to look at. And this is like old, like old France. Like this was written, I think, in the 1500s. Like this is actually an old play. Mm-hmm. Um, and what he does, there's this um, like young, more attractive, because they're all like, they're all not knights, but soldiers. Yeah, soldiers in the French army. There's this more attractive, um, younger uh, soldier who is, you know, friends. Like he's kind of like a mentee of um, Cyrano de Bergerac. And basically, Cyrano writes poetry and letters to the girl that he likes, but he has the younger soldier voice it. So while Cyrano is writing all the things that the younger character says, the younger character is the one relating them to the the woman. And Mm -hmm. so the woman and the young soldier fall in love. Unlike, you know, like, trouble ensues because it's not actually that guy's true emotions he's just relaying the messages and like it seems a little bit old now but like when it was written it was a pretty new and inventive idea i was able to see it at the guthrie in minneapolis um in 2019 i believe and it was amazing like it it translates to stage so well like it's so nice um the reason i don't like this movie already is because did you look it up? Did you look up the movie? Mm-hmm. Can you mm-hmm. tell us? Can you tell the audience who is the lead male character who's going to be playing Cyrano, the ugly, disfigured person that no one could possibly love? So he has to have someone else um, portray him so that he even has a chance with the girl that he likes. It's Peter Dinklage. Yeah, 
Mm. Why are we reinforcing the idea that short men can't have pretty girls? Mm. Why are we giving these high value alpha Jim Bro men another movie that has nothing to do with them, reinforcing the stereotype that they created about themselves that no one else has ever said? Short kings are down bad, y'all. Never have that short, short men can never down bad. That short men can't ever have a pretty girl, like. Who said that? The men said that. And then now the men think that the women said that. Sometimes women will say, like occasionally like, oh, like I don't want a guy that's like much shorter than me. Or like I would like if he's a little taller than me. I have yet to hear a woman say he needs to be like six foot two or I'm not into him. Like, uh, unless like they have like a specific type, but that's very few females. That's very few women. That's very few of like that group. But like, I don't know how men got in their heads that short men aren't allowed to have girlfriends, aren't allowed to uh, have a happy relationship. But it's in there. It's in there very heavily. And I'm seeing that projection in this movie because literally they just needed, literally any, any male in Hollywood could have played this part. And they could have done a little special effects makeup on his face because like the actual character is supposed to be like, I think he got hurt in the war, in like a war somehow. So he's like actually like, you know, facially disfigured. That was the only thing wrong with him. You could do that with special effects makeup, done, easy. We teach, like we do that type of makeup in like college plays, in community theater plays. We do that, the amount of makeup that you need to do to like make someone look slightly disfigured. Why couldn't it have been that? Why couldn't it have been literally any male in Hollywood with a touch of special effects makeup and that would have been it? But no, it had to be the only, the only, I'm not even sure, I'm not sure if midget's an offensive word, but like the only short male in Hollywood that's a household name. Dwarf? Is it dwarf? Is that? Yeah. Yeah. The only dwarf male in Hollywood that's like a household name. Why? You had, had the Scarsgard brother to about. as uh as a as a clown. Like literally transformed that Scarsgard brother mm-hmm. into a clown. Mm-hmm. What's the problem? Like what are you projecting? Do you How need hard you do you need therapy? But like, do you need a number? Like, I have some recommendations. Margot mm-hmm. Robbie literally turned it to Megyn Kelly. Like, literally turned it to Megyn Kelly and Bob Shell. What mm-hmm. was? What's the issue? Like, how hard would it be? Like, how hard? like, like <laughs> we need, we have some issues that need to be addressed. Yeah. I just don't like it because I feel like I like the story. Like the if the if it, if the movie stays true to the story, it's like a cute. Now it's kind of a little bit cliche, but it's like mm-hmm. still a cute story. It's an interesting story. It's well written. But why? Why are we making a movie reinforcing a stereotype that doesn't exist? Just also, to make the white rose feel good about the negative feelings that they already have about themselves. That they, that they create about themselves. <clears throat> it also doesn't help that Peter Dinklage got upset that uh, Disney is redoing Snow White because of the negative effects it has, a negative you know, depiction as of dwarves when he's literally in a movie where his condition like him and his statute is the main kind of you know plot of the movie it's kind of like okay yes no and seven dwarves are offensive but so could this movie be in a way you know anyways it just will it could it be a great movie probably it's an easy it's a hard story to mess up because it's a pretty simple story yeah but what's going to be the effect what's going to be the effect on the community because of this movie 
nothing positive. I can guarantee you not a single positive effect will come out of this movie. Yeah. Anyways, right. that's it. I tried that's... not to rant as much as I could. <laughs> I I think that's one movie that I'm not going to be seeing. I did see like the trailer in my recommended a couple mm-hmm. of times because I do watch movie trailers to try and get like a feel of what's coming out, what's mm-hmm. not coming out, and like, you know, stuff yeah. that I want to see, stuff I don't want to see. Uh, so yes, we will not be watching Serrano coming out soon. Mm-hmm. Um, my pass this week is not really about a show. It's more of a little news story. Okay. Um, so as many people know, Spotify has come under fire because Joe Rogan is the per- perpetuator of misinformation around COVID-19. And he is a very popular podcaster. He is the podcaster. Yeah. He created mm. the podcast genre. Mm. Yeah. So recently, Jon Stewart has thrown his hat in the ring to defend him. And I don't want to get into what he said. I don't mm. want to get into that. I just want to say I am disappointed because I have been a huge fan of Jon Stewart for years. Jon Stewart and Stephen Colbert are two of the reasons why I got into politics and learned a lot more about politics. And yes, I know I probably shouldn't depend on white men to get me into politics that directly affect me, but yeah, that's, that's a what happened. I'm kind of surprised that you. All right, that all, right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. It's fine. Anyways, the, po- the, po- the point is that you are here now. The point is, um, for a long time, I really admired John Stewart and Stephen Colbert for being two people that would go after politicians and didn't hold back, but could critique them and mm-hmm. the things that they did and the hypocrisy they stood on, but also staying true to the facts and keeping people on their toes. And I take that into my own life when I look into politics, especially because politics affects me in such a direct way. Mm-hmm. With COVID-19, the pandemic has affected so many people that I know and myself included in such a personal way, which is why I don't like Joe Rogan. Like, I do not think that somebody who has a platform as big as his and has as many listeners as him and as makes as much money as him, I do not think that he should be having people on his show that are spouting out misinformation to be spread to the masses and will have people going down rabbit holes of conspiracy theories that do not serve anybody. Because right now we are dealing with a huge pandemic of different variants, you know, coming forth because people don't want to wear masks and social distance. Mm-hmm. and it's getting worse and worse and worse. And of course, it's not only Joe Rogan's fault. There are structural issues in place that have also kept this pandemic going on, but there's also purveyors of misinformation going on on the internet, and we need to do better at keeping that at bay. And Joe Rogan is a prime example. And for Jon Stewart to defend him, that's just annoying and irritating because Jon Stewart's defense is that we need to educate people who don't understand. Joe Rogan is grown. I don't need to tell this man not to take horse tranquilizers to deal with a sickness, to deal with a disease. Mm. That's not my job. I'm tired of white people constantly telling marginalized people to sit down and educate other white people of their ignorance. You do that. Ghoul is free, babe. Because if I do it, I look like the bad guy. All right. Joe Rogan has had people on his podcast that were smart, that were intelligent, that knew what they were doing, that knew what they were saying. And he shoots them down. He talks over them. He calls them idiots. He insults them and he kicks them off his show. He has people on his show that spout out misinformation and lies and listens to them and gives them their, his full attention because that is what he wants to do. That is what he seeks out on his show. And John Stewart, if you want to have a conversation with him, you can have the conversation with him because he will have the conversation with you. He's not going to talk to a black person. He's not going to talk to a woman. 
He's like, I talk to somebody who is in the queer community. He'll talk to you. Mm. He'll talk to you. So you can have that conversation with him. Two rich white men sitting down talking about a pandemic as if it's just a little topic conversation. Oh, it's just something we could conversate about, something we could bring up. It's not something that's affecting me and my family directly and destroying my way of life. Oh, it's just a little thing we could just talk about and nosy about. And like, it's not that big of a deal. It's just a little hobby because politics has become a hobby for you. Politics is something that's fun for you. You can go on Stephen Colbert's show and go on a rant about uh, about how COVID-19 was born from monkeys in China and go on this rant and no one's going to blink twice. Jon Stewart can have a show on Apple TV and just say whatever and do whatever and it's fine. No real consequences for him. This man went to live in the woods for two years and he came back and he decided that politics doesn't need to be that serious. Why are you guys taking things so seriously? Chill out. Let's talk. Let's hold hands. Sir, Obviously, you have become so disconnected from what's really going on, mm-hmm. and you're just tired of people arguing with each other, being mean to each other. This is not debate. This is not a hobby. This is not for fun. People are spreading misinformation on the internet to watch other everyday people act stupid, and they laugh about it, they cash out, and they leave at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. All right? There are Republicans that are perpetuating anti-mask laws in their state and they are vaccinated, and they do not care if these poor people die or work themselves to death. Y'all are trying to take CRT out of schools because you don't want your kids to see their grandparents in those history books throwing rocks at Ruby Bridgers, who's still alive today. Y'all are okay with doing this and doing that so it benefits you, and you do not care about everyday working class people, all right? The John Stewart that I knew that got in Tucker Carlson's face and told him that you're wrong, you're a liar, that told him straight up what was up and what was good, that John Stewart is not the same John Stewart that is here today. Mm-hmm. He is just some white guy who wants to sit behind a microphone and blah de blah all right? You think it's cool for Joe Roker to spread misinformation that's gonna be harmful to millions of people? I don't think that's cool. I don't think that's okay. You want to sit down and have a conversation with him? You can have that conversation. But for someone like Joe Rogan and people who've listened to him, it's going to take someone in their family dying for them to take COVID-19 seriously. And it shouldn't come to that for them to take it seriously, but it's going to. Because the ignorance in their brain is blocking the logic. All right? Mm. And that's all I have to say on that. All right? It's just, it's irritating. And it's... It's honest. It truly is disappointing. It like when I saw John Stewart go on that rant on Stephen Colbert's show, I was just befuddled at that. I was just watching it. I was just like, I can't. I can't believe. And it also makes you think of how like it's possible that the people that we idolize and put on pedestals, it wasn't their words they were saying. It was the words of people they hired to yeah. say that, and possibly. You know, John Stewart did have frustrations in regards to certain things, but it's funny that John Stewart wants to pop up now and go back behind a mic. But I didn't really see you. I didn't really see you when George Floyd was going on. Mm-hmm. When we were saying Breon Taylor's name. You saying a lot about Joe Rogan, but you're not saying much about um, Amir Locke mm-hmm. and many other pe- black people who are still being murdered by the police today. Like you're worried about some rich white man not getting his rich white man bag anymore. Who cares? Who cares? Who cares if his pot, his pot, like you're getting mad at Neil Young for taking his discography off of Spotify. Neil Young is taking a stand for something. You used to do that back in the day, mm-hmm. but I guess that you got too tired and you're over it. Oh, wow. It must be so hard. 
it must be so difficult. Woe is me. But yeah, that's all I want to say. Another thing I want to say, someone needs to take away Kanye's phone. Someone needs to take away Kanye's phone. Someone needs to talk to Kanye. It's not going to be Kid Cudi, but it needs to be somebody. All right. Pete Davidson is not going to survive till the end of February. Pete Davidson, all this man ever did was tell jokes and like and lay pipe. Oh, sorry. (laughs) This man dated Ariana Grande, and then suddenly everybody was like, "Oh, you know, he's like attractive." It's like imagine, imagine how Ariana feels seeing this frumpy white man that she did up, and she put like she. Like Ariana is the reason why Pete Davidson is the new, the new boy toy for the girls. Like Kanye is fronting over a man that gets on Saturday Night Live, tells three jokes, and gets paid. That's all he does every Saturday. He tells mm. four jokes and he goes home and he's rich. Y'all, Kanye, what are you fronting for? What are you doing? Like, calm down. He's not coming for your job. Like, and also like how Kid Cudi has worked with Kanye West for years. Kid Cudi, like Kanye's reason why Kid Cudi is who he is, but also Kid Cudi is an influential, amazing artist and rapper. Mm-hmm. And you have your best friend of years calling you a dirty old dinosaur. Like, how does that feel, man? How does that feel? And also Kanye is like, Kanye is not lost for friends, but I feel like Kid Cudi is like the one person who's like genuinely his friend and mm-hmm. cared about him. And for mm-hmm. him to just be like, nah, screw you, man. I'm not dealing with this. Cause I would be like that too. To be honest, I probably would stop being first to Kanye after I saw him in that red hat. That probably would have been it for me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, you know, some people are just better than me. You know? <laughs> and some people are just better than me. You know what I mean? And Kanye, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's left for him. Because, you know, homegirl from Uncut Gems already broke up with him. And she's claiming she got a book deal. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I don't know who Kanye needs to call. I don't know who Kanye needs to talk to. But Kanye needs to check into a very nice place off the beach of Malibu, go read a book, and go talk to a very nice lady and start journaling and start opening up. Or something. We need to start meditating, taking our meds, and just logging off. Mm-hmm. That's what we need to be doing. Because all of this is too much. Like, you got kids, sir. Please. Please, 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 <laughs> please, 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 please. I hopped on Twitter just randomly one day, and I was like, why is Kid Cudi trending? When I saw that, I was like, this is too much. Like the <laughs> Civil War poster? The Civil War picture? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Y'all need I to let it go. Mm-hmm. Y'all need to let it go. Why are you letting Pete Davidson get you bent out of shape like this? This man is built like a pretzel stick. Okay, please. This man is a rocky celery stick. Leave him alone. Awesome. Y'all worried about nothing. Ugh. But yeah, I mean, that's it for this week of... I've been meaning to watch that. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. We really appreciate you. Uh, don't forget to follow us on Instagram. Check us out. Share the pod with your friends and family. And, you know, if you have any suggestions, feel free to DM, DM us on Instagram. You know, big tings are coming out. Big tings, big tings. Mm-hmm. Follow us on TikTok for clips of the pod. And we'll see you guys next week with another episode. Bye, guys. Bye.